a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the all-new This Is Wrestling uh, podcast. Uh, you know, of course, I hope you you found us from the main show, which is Tricky Kid Radio. You know that I'm an avid wrestling fan, have been uh, since I was about eight years old and way back in 1982. And <clears throat> we would do like an annual wrestling show, because just because I like it and I like to do it. And and some of those episodes became some of our most popular. So it was like, hey, how about, you know, do this regularly, maybe once a month or even more so. So um, this is not designed to compete with a million other podcast wrestling podcast. And this is the up to the date thing. And and we're all interested in, in you know, all the rumors and bullshit and and you know and and fans that are trying to get themselves over and you know there's a lot of you can get all that information on youtube you can you know there's all those there's actually some great ones i even go there myself to learn some of this stuff you know kind of you know i like to kind of keep up what's going on i just don't care about all the speculation and the rumors and get all wound up and act like that it's something actually serious when it's just professional wrestling but what we do offer is something kind of like a people's history and to kind of put you there. So, for example, uh, I thought what no bigger, you know, event to kind of kick off this new venture than WrestleMania. And so we have just returned uh, from Tampa, Florida, where we were in the house for both nights at WrestleMania 37. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this as as pandemic talk free as possible. It will be impossible to ignore uh, and or to address. But I, you know, this is supposed to be an escape from all of that. So, but we're going to have some fun, man. Like I said, uh, you know, and not a lot of people were at WrestleMania 37 as compared to, you know, the other WrestleManias that I certainly have been to, and I certainly have never been to WrestleMania where no one was sitting. On either side of me, or in front of me, or behind me, and it was fucking great, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but guys, there's so much to go over and so much to tackle. So I thought, I mean, you know, you can watch WrestleMania 37. You know what happened. You know what the matches are, and you can read online and 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 things like that. But what we want to do is actually put you in the stadium. What was it actually like to be there? What was the what was the vibe here? Uh, what, 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 what didn't you see on the pay-per-view or fan videos, things like that. So, uh, so we're going to cover both nights and we're going to jump right on in here. Um, again, a lot to cover because my gosh, what does it take 
to have a pay-per-view <laughs> uh, these days uh, in uh, 2021. Um, you know, as everybody knows, of course, you know, they had to kind of cease uh, touring. Last year's WrestleMania was the first big event to really be compromised, and they had no time to really do anything. Uh, so they just, you know, show must go on. So they just, as you know, did it in the performance center in front of no one and like literally no hoopla, nothing. Um, but I thought it was kind of smarter. They were like, well, hey, you know, if we're going to do th this way, why don't we do something that we couldn't do in front of fans like the Undertaker's match, which ended up being, of course, his last match. I believe he would have, you know, would have preferred and we all would have preferred to have, you know, given him that proper send off last year. But uh, <clears throat> so anyway, so I uh, let me take this first. So I was down there as a twofer because I'm also, as you know, I'm making this movie, uh, this documentary on a band called King's X. And I was actually in town doing some filming uh, in, in actually up near Orlando. But I was staying in, in, in Tampa, and uh, so I'd already had been in town for, you know, about a week. And that's actually no um, strange deal either, because you're used to doing that. Uh, you know, when you go to WrestleMania, you're there for the whole week, because there are, well, to the whole weekend, but it's the whole weekend at the very least. Maybe like even like an extended one, like Thursday through Monday. Because normally you have the you know, the Hall of Fame and the NXT event. You have Raw the next night. Uh, all these all these things. So so it wasn't unusual to be there, but it was un for a, a long period of time. But it was unusual not to do those things. Uh, in fact, I think that the only the only other event that at least that I I knew of that was going on that or at least that I had any interest in um, was was uh, on that Friday <clears throat> before the event. And uh, it was something that the titlematchnetwork.com put on at this um, like Shriners place called the Egypt Shriners there on the, on the outskirts of town there. But I'm a, I'm a massive fan of women's wrestling. That's actually my primary, my, my primary interest is, is women's wrestling. And they had an event uh, on Friday where they, I think they had like three or four events. And it's kind of typical t kind of thing, kind of like what uh, Gabe Sapolsky, what's his thing that he does, like the, the GWN thing, whatever, where he they have like five different federations that just kind of land on one location. And then <clears throat> they'll have these like different sessions, like all like literally all day. It was similar to that, but the women didn't go on till like last. And the event wasn't even supposed to start kind of like the... Um, the big Battelle thing or the crazy thing didn't even start till midnight. And I don't even think that it actually started to like one. Uh, I tweeted uh, that night. Um, I said, because it actually was was worth it my totally because the ladies night out thing, man, had this uh, was uh, Ivalice and it was versus uh, Sue Young. And I wrote, it's 2.30 a.m. in the city of Tampa. Real Sue Young versus versus Real Ivalese, absolutely killing it. Totally worth staying up for Ladies Night Out. So uh, congratulations to them for putting on such a successful event in the middle of all of this. Uh, my old boy Luke from I Shoot Wrestling was there. Um, he's, he was a part when I was doing the commentary for IHWE. So that was uh, 
uh, a, a cool thing to do um, and a cool thing to be a part of. And it was just, God, it wasn't even like a house show. It was just like you're as indie as it gets. There was no security. You could sit wherever you wanted. You know, you were right there with the wrestlers. And I, I really like that sort of thing. So, so that's how <clears throat> I would say my WrestleMania week end uh, kicked off. And before we, we begin with the actual night one of WrestleMania uh, 37, again, I wanted to give you a little bit of background about me. If you, if you, if you, you should already know this from the main show, but again, if you just landed here on this, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're subscribing. We're everywhere you can get your podcast. Uh, we, we even have our own, uh, excuse me, we even have our own Twitter feed. Normally, I'm on Twitter as under Tricky Kit and the number two, uh, but this one actually has because I actually have a whole podcast network, but very few of them actually have their own Twitter feeds. So, but this one definitely does because. I think a lot of my other regular followers were kind of getting tired of all the wrestling stuff, so I had to kind of find a home for it. But if you look up TKR Wrestling, that for, that's for Tricky Kid Radio, TKR Wrestling, uh, on uh, on Twitter, uh, we're on there. You also can find me, of course, on Instagram under DJ Tricky Kid. But man, we're having a great time on there. I have um, got a lot a lot of stuff up there, and I'm, and I'm glad that you guys are here. To join us, if you wanted to know a little bit about me, um, my history is other than just being a podcaster and a filmmaker and a DJ, a DJ and all type of different things that I enjoy. I also uh, and, and and being a, a wrestling fan for almost forty years, <clears throat> I also uh, was doing uh, heel color commentary for several promotions in the South uh, West region, uh, IHWE, uh, based outside of Fort Worth, Texas. And I uh, did that with two, uh, for a couple of years and also for uh, recently a formerly dubbed IHWR or I IHR, I forget what it was, uh, has now been rebranded as World Class Revolution and kind of in the, in the vein of the old World Class Wrestling, you know, the Von Erics in Texas. They're based out of Ardmore, Oklahoma by this fucking egomaniac named Jerry Bostic. Uh, but uh, I had a good time. I did I did some shows for them. I got to call an entire uh, event with uh, Chavo Guerrero, which was great, and learned a lot from Chavo. And shout out to him for being so kind to me. <clears throat> Excuse me for the for the coughing this time. So uh, so yeah, so I, I I know my shit, man. I, but I'm just I'm just not one of these people that you know what i'm talking about man you know what wrestling fans are can be like and and they, they're they're super serious and they're usually these unfuckable usually white uh, under or overweight white males and they use they have their own little language that they like to use like yeah man i popped for this and i popped for that and and they get all crazy and wound up i i i, I don't give two shits about any of that so if that's what you come for, you, you this is that's this is the wrong show. But that's cool because there's plenty of that out there for you. Uh, if you think the whole thing is a laugh and you enjoy the insanity, uh, you know, like if you thought that that whole thing with Jeff Hardy and the final deletion was cool and funny, you've come to the right place because I live for that kind of shit. Uh, in terms of like super hyper serious people, uh, this this is not that's not the place for that. So okay. Get that out of the way. So let's let's move on here a little bit. So okay. So here's what I thought was was interesting. Like I said before, was that 
is I thought it was smart to finally do WrestleMania, and they did it also last year, as a two-night event. So it's kind of like the pandemic has almost taught us how to do it. In my personal life, it's actually kind of taught me how to do some things. Like, we were kind of forced to do Christmas kind of different last year. And oh my God, it was like, why haven't we always done it like this? It was so great. It's like the best Christmas we ever had. So, you know, because, you know, I love WrestleMania, but it can be a beating, man. I mean, seven hours, sometimes even longer, and it seems to only get longer and longer. So, hey, you know, and, and it's such the biggest event of the year, and it's so unique. Why not make it unique as it as the only two-night event of the year? So I think that was smart. Um, but this would be, you know, now the wrestling fans are returning. So the very, very first thing I wanted to mention that that you would not have, you did not see on the pay-per-view. You would have not known it unless you were there because this is something you couldn't see per se. It's something that you could only feel. And that might sound a little dramatic, but uh, but but trust me, uh, the, the, if, if there's anything that I've been wanting to, to eagerly to chat about my WrestleMania 37 experience, it's this. We'll get into the rain delays and all that stuff in a little bit. But something so cool happened was that right before the show went live on the air and when you when it when you were watching it live and it came on, you know the stage was already full of the roster, right? But what you didn't see is what happened when they came out before they went live. It is a moment where I, I, I will do my... I'm actually, I get emotional thinking about this. This, this is how, how perfect and special this was and, and how proud I am to be a part of this. Was the very first person you saw come out was actually Shane McMahon. And there were no heels there were no baby faces there were it was just a human moment that when he came out he was so happy the stage was even dark it wasn't even lit and keep in mind uh it was about you can forget what the what they what they said about the, the numbers that are being twenty five thousand each night it, it was considerably less probably more like fifteen thousand, and we were all spread apart and i'll have pictures of you so you can kind of see where my seat was not bad i was on the lower bowl in the corner uh for for night one night two however i actually got to uh, uh go down to ringside which uh, we'll get into that in a second because i've never been ringside before ever for anything so that was that was pretty phenomenal for me um <clears throat> But anyway, so I'm kind of far away from the stage, and I was able to feel it. You know, I'm, I'm like on the other side of the ring from where the ramp is. And when Shane came out, there was just this unique roar. And it only grew. And as, as each one came out more... It was like a graduation or something. You know how like when you, you can't wait for your friend or family member to... You're just waiting for them to call their name. It was like that, but in succession. You know, nobody was calling anybody's name out. I'm saying, but like suddenly you saw, you know, Sasha or Banks or... Uh, the main thing, of course, was when the New Day came out. You can't imagine how over they are. And man, they worked that stage. Xavier, Kofi... Big E, oh my God, shout out to you guys for, like, I literally was, like, crying before the show started, and I'm, and that's, that's something, right, here's, you know, a grown man, you know, sitting there by himself crying uh, at a wrestling event, 
Um, it was just incredibly special. And it was something that I was hoping was going to be on the actual live feed, and it wasn't. And, and like, each one that came out was raw, raw, raw. And then when the camera, when they did go live, and the camera would pan around, and it, and it would be the close-up would be on the big, you know, the big uh, screen up there. It was just this human moment of, man, they had missed us. And boy, we had missed them. Uh, and so, you know, after that, everything else seemed to be academic. And, and I guess I probably could have predicted it, but it's always really special when Vince McMahon uh, makes an appearance as his Mr. McMahon character. You know you're in for something there. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's something to, to note that this was actually, um, you know, the first time <clears throat> um, in, in 11 years, actually since 2010 was the last time that WrestleMania had an on-screen appearance by Vince McMahon. So you probably didn't know that at the moment when you, you like when it happened, you weren't thinking, oh, man, it's been 11 years. You're just thinking, man, it's been a long time. But we were all so caught up in how special this was that suddenly when you heard the, you know, the entrance, you know, the famous, you know, beginning music to the no chance in hell and the stage parts and out he comes, you knew that you understood in that moment when you were in that building you understood what moment you were a part of and that is everything i love about professional wrestling when people talk about wrestling and you know why do you love it and this and that is a soap opera with a bunch of you know it's predetermined like like that's the thing you can't you can never think to say to those people because it's it's hard to be articulate about some on command about something that unique and that special and uh so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for you live here. So uh, I know you, I'm sure if you've heard this, you probably have seen it. But but for effect, uh, this is Mr. McMahon's uh, welcoming us all back uh, as a gathering, as as a as a as, a, as an entity, and welcoming us um, to WrestleMania. Please welcome. Chairman of WWE, Vince McMahon! Throughout this past year, our WWE superstars performed tirelessly for all of you. Week after week, month after month, but we all knew there was something missing, something very important, the most important, that would be all of you, our fans, the WWE Universe. And as we emerge from this dreadful pandemic, on behalf of our entire WWE family, we would simply like to say thank you and welcome you to WrestleMania! I mean, how cool is that, man? And, <clears throat> and if you're like me, I grew up with Vince McMahon 
welcoming you to WrestleMania. Like, it, it wasn't WrestleMania until he said it. You probably, younger people have retroactively may have seen the thing, you know, and welcome to WrestleMania 3, which, forgive me, that will, I don't mean to get into a LeBron versus Jordan type of uh, debate, but WrestleMania 3, especially if you uh, were 12 years old <laughs> that year, and uh, nothing will ever, ever beat the magic of that, at least for me. But, you know, you grew up with that. So so even if, if this was the first time you heard Vince McMahon welcoming you and you had no frame of reference, it's still amazing unto itself. But when you do have that frame of reference and you grew up with that, it immediately has that you make that connection. Uh, and it was amazing. And then uh, right after that, uh, uh, let's make sure I say her name right. I've, I actually have a couple of her records and I've seen her before. But uh, Bebe Rexa came out looking 10 time looking 10 ways of fine in this like leather low cut number my goodness she was gorgeous and she came out uh and did america the beautiful so now we got that amazing thing on stage then mr mcmahon and think about how long i mean you know you wait all year for wrestlemania anyway but now this was the first time anybody had been in and you know in front of these people in in over a year in fact i think titus o'neill kept saying you know uh, one year and one day and they were kind of making a or maybe a year and a month in a day or something I, I don't i don't i can't remember but anyway uh so there was a lot of anticipation and it was all this build up <laughs> only for them to immediately have to clear the stadium and end for the second time so let me back up just for one second. So, and, and also you'll see pictures. I documented this whole thing. I got me walking, you know, up to the stadium and going to the press entrance. And and I got a lot. So make sure you check out trickykid.com. That's T-R-I-C-K-Y hyphen kid.com. And again, you know, not pictures from the internet, pictures that I took, pictures you've never seen before. A people's history. Somebody who was actually there telling you what it was like to be there through his voice and through his pictures. Uh, so, again, we've been waiting all this time. Uh, and <laughs> I was, I got to be honest, uh, I don't want to digress, but just quick, quick little deal here. I'm, I, I didn't know, I knew on, on night two that there was a special place where I could park as being a member of the press, but I didn't know this on night one. And... You know, down the road, there's these little kind of cheap-ass motels. I also didn't know this. Maybe, forgive me. I've traveled a lot in my life. I've been on tour all over the world. But I'd never been to Tampa, Florida. And I didn't know how trashy it was. <laughs> Sorry, Biggie. I know you're from uh, from Tampa. But I didn't know that it's like the stripper, strip club, you know. Uh, I don't know. And I've got no problem with that. Trust me. But I just, I didn't, I wasn't prepared. And I just, the whole town is just kind of trashy, you know? Even the radio ads uh, were all kind of geared, all kind of seemed like a wet t-shirt contest. And um, so I'm walking uh, to um, the stadium, and right across the street from Raymond Stadium is actually the Yankees uh, minor league uh, training camp area. It's the George Steinbrenner uh, Stadium. And they were having some sort of practice. And I've, I'm a massive baseball guy, and I've never, ever caught a ball. In all the games I've been to in my life, I've never caught one. 
and somebody hit one over you can't you couldn't really see uh it was kind of obscured because and there's a road right there i mean it's like i can't believe that this wouldn't like hit a windshield or something so somebody driving by but you hear that that unmistakable crack of the bat and i just look up like you do you know it's like a pavlovian experience and i caught a freaking ball right as i'm about to go into across uh, the street to go into the stadium for wrestlemania so i looked at that as it's like it's a good luck charm i kept thinking man there's no way in hell they're gonna let me in here with this because you know this is like a projectile i could have thrown this at someone into the ring or something uh but thankfully uh, being a member of the press they didn't i don't know whatever i i didn't i didn't have any problems and and i didn't make them regret that either so there's that okay so you have all of this and as we're you know, in there, you know, and I'm meeting all these wonderful families and I'm hearing all their stories. It was a great thing. There was this, I wish I'd remember their name. It's on my Twitter feed, but, uh, keep on. I've been in town for already a week now. Uh, and this nice family recognized me from my main show. And apparently I was on the plane with them. And I remembered them too, because they had on wrestling stuff. We didn't talk on the actual plane. Uh, but you know things like that. You know you don't you don't you don't hear about when when people are talking about their WrestleMania experiences or this happened at WrestleMania. You know, so that's kind of part of again the people's experience. And this was like their their this couple's eighteen year old son's uh, birthday present. He, he he had like that one of those really nice title belts around his waist, and it was just such a wonderful thing to be a part of. And then here comes the rain, um, as any Linux would say, and to the point where where it didn't look good like at all so that's what you really need to also appreciate by you know you know you're sitting at home and you haven't seen wrestling in person in a year but you're still at home you know you're eventually going to see it like we're here like we've invested so we already got cleared out of the stadium once and then now with this great moment and all this build up all that starting just to get back to stopping now keep in mind i had no idea what was going on on the actual live feed i saw it i've seen it since and saw they was kind of did the best they could by interviewing people and some of those interviews actually ended up being pretty cool because they didn't have time to write those interviews it was just very off the cuff the way wrestling used to be sorry to be one of those guys but i think that the writers have just really compromised just the spontaneity i get it as well i mean sometimes when you watch old old wrestling you're kind of like man they could have really benefited from some writers here but i think that a rule of that doesn't apply to everybody i mean i mean how do you write for like somebody like stone cold steve austin you don't the the moment is the spontaneity and he's got the goods to make it happen not everybody does uh somebody like sasha banks is somebody who is maybe the best in the ring to do it uh but man those mic skills but at the same time i think that her trying to remember all that shit is why her mic skills suffer so bad so who knows anyway i digress okay so uh here's what we're gonna do um i'm not going to to go too in depth with each match because you can you know you can see those and i also look at this too this is people are gonna make fun of me here but the way I look at this too is that if I was watching this at home on pay-per-view, and I usually don't watch it live unless it's WrestleMania and I have a house full of people, like when I watch a pay-per-view, it's usually the, the replay at night. I've got two small children, and or even the next day, and I try to stay off social media so it doesn't get ruined for me. But uh, in this case, I look at this kind of going, what would I be fast-forwarding through? 
So um, there's going to be a little bit of that too. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to. Um, uh, let's see here. Okay, so uh, the actual uh, matches uh, in in night one. Let's see here. <clears throat> so to st when when they finally called us all back into the stadium, we're all ready, and the very very first match was Bobby Lashley with my man MVP. Uh, uh, was, you know, f versus Drew McIntyre. And I think everybody thought that Drew McIntyre was going to win because to kind of make him whole again, because he finally, you know, the joke was that, you know, Drew McIntyre finally gets into the main event of WrestleMania in a, in a pandemic, keeps him from performing in front of anybody. So I, I think they were trying, I thought they were going to set this up for, uh, for, to make him whole. And I got to be honest, and it didn't happen, as you know. Um, sorry for the spoilers. I should say that too. There's there, there will be spoilers here. So, I imagine if you're listening to this, you probably I'm going to assume you've already have seen it. If not, you should stop right now. But come back, okay? Don't. Uh, I think I think this, this will be a great companion if, after you've seen it. Anyway, uh, but without that, that was my only interest in this match, and I and I probably would have fast forwarded. Uh, again, my my thing is I love uh, women's wrestling. So the 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 women's tag team turmoil turmoil match uh, for the winners to receive a women's tag team match the next night was of great interest. I also think it's also lazy booking when they do. It's kind of like why they have the the battle royals and stuff because it's like well yeah at the same time they, we want to include everybody you know um, and. Uh, and thank goodness you, you, you weren't going to have to suffer from, like, you know, fatigue because you knew you were going to get this over two nights instead of having to, like, oh, my God, like, this is eight hours until the match I want to see, you know. But uh, this match was not great. Uh, is you, a couple of things before I, I get to who won there. I wanted to mention a few things. Uh, to kind of give you some, uh, a little bit about the actual match. It was a thing again where everybody that was in it were going to, of course, face um, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the tag team championships the next night. You had uh, Lana and and Naomi. You had Billy Kay and and Carmella, and they're the ones that started the match. And then as as it went on, uh, you know, each like a turmoil match, people would join the match. So then, not long, it was like one of my favorite teams, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, the Riot Squad. Um, and then you had, uh, I forget what they're calling themselves, but it's that Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose uh, uh, tag team, who I think are actually really cool too. Uh, and then, of course, the final team to enter was Natty and uh, Tamina. Now... You probably have already have seen this, but this was botched. And again, I don't care about all that shit. It was a fun match, and I enjoyed it. That's all that matters, right? But it, I would be remiss if, my goodness, that like Lana <laughs> uh, completely missed, and somebody had to sell. Hey, the, you know, you you don't know what to do in those moments. You don't. What are you going to do? Going to stand there and like not work? No, you keep working. I think even I think even the announcer made a botch when he announced the wrong team was uh had won um uh and and i also shouldn't fail to mention that 
so many of these wrestler, a couple of wrestlers are. Well, this was their last match. Like you know, a lot of people get cut after WrestleMania. Anyways, we know this was Billy Kay and and I think I think Lana. This might have also been Lana's last match. Uh, and and I don't know if it was her last one, but also Ruby Riot. So that's three people. Uh, you know, one from almost each team. And that's so sad to see Ruby Riot go. I really like her, and and Billy Kay seemed to kind of get her flair, but her and, of course, Peyton Royce released right after this. Uh, but anyway, and uh, and I thought Dana Brooke, and, and, I, and I think there was something else, too. I think that, you know, Dana and Mandy, one of them, too, I think they had a, a what do we call it, a wardrobe malfunction. So, you know, they had, they had none of this in a year. Cut them a break, man. But um, anyway, ultimately, uh, the match was won by Natty and Tamina to finally kind of give Tamina uh, you know, a cut, a moment in the sun at WrestleMania, and I'll be damned. Here's something I couldn't believe it. Where I hate wrestling fans, and you know what I'm talking about. You go to a wrestling match, and you've been waiting to go, and it's all you're all excited, and there's there's some jerk off right next to you or behind you that just kind of sometimes ruins the event with no self awareness. This moment is happening for Tamina. And even though, thankfully, there was nobody around me, there was a palpable amount of the audience that was shouting fucking murderer at her. And if you don't know what that reference is, I don't want to talk about it. Just look it up. Jimmy Snooker was her dad. Uh, I I was, I grew up a massive Superfly fan. Uh, however, I do believe that there was probably something there. But what the fuck does this have to do with Tamina? That was her dad's actions. Here she's shining on her own at WrestleMania and going to get together the next night and they're rewarding her with chanting fucking murder at her. All of you that did that should be completely ashamed of yourself and that's what I mean when I say, oh great. You know, you sit down and there's like four eight-year-olds in front of you and then there's a jerk behind you that's shouting the F word every two seconds and saying shit like show me your tits in front of kids and not caring. It's that kind of thing uh, that I don't miss at all. Uh, so that was kind of that was kind of fucked up, man. And I and I thought I wish that that hadn't happened. Um, I know that they were probably trying to, uh, you know, dull this down or even pipe in applause. But one thing I I was shocked at is that the the host uh, of WrestleMania was Titus O'Neil, who was great, and Hulk Hogan. Uh, Tampa being, you know, where, you know, where, where he's from, we actually went to, not necessarily on purpose, but, uh, we went over to Clearwater and kind of stumbled upon, you know, we wanted to see the beach and in the area and the area to get to Clearwater is just as trashy as Tampa, but Clearwater is actually quite nice. And right there on the main strip there in, uh, in Clearwater, uh, I think he lives down there and then right up the road is this, um, this little, you know, little restaurant, you know, this little burger joint, uh, kind of, kind of bar, kind of vibe called Hogan's Beach Club or something, and it actually was actually kind of nice. The service was great. The food was good. Uh, they had good beer, and I took some funny pictures with uh, with some of the memorabilia there, and and they were saying that Hulk was actually there, but just like two doors down, he also has like a beach shop. Where I guess he sells like you know workout gear and kind of the Venice Beach kind of thing, uh, like in California, the weight belts and and I don't, I don't know maybe surfboards I don't know. 
And so we walked, uh, or I should say I walked down there, and you can see pictures of this on our, on our website. Uh, uh, Jimmy Hart was out front with just kind of like one of those like sad things you see it like kind of like from the you ever seen the movie the wrestler with mickey rourke it's kind of like one of those deals where like this old forgotten wrestler is sitting at some convention at some armory or ymca or some small convention at one convention room with the la quinta inn and nobody's paying that he's just waiting for the attention and no one's giving it to him or no one's buying what he's selling and poor Jimmy was out there. And there was actually a statue of Jimmy out there, too. And uh, But there was this big hoopla that you could go inside and meet Hulk Hogan and, and I guess get a picture, an autograph, whatever. And, but you, they were, you know, of course you had to pay for it. And I was just curious. And it was $300. <laughs> and I don't mean to sound snobby or above it or too cool for fucking school here, but who has three hundred dollars like because you you have to know as much as like i said wrestlemania 3 is in my dna i grew up a stark raving hulkamaniac and you know those first seven or eight maybe even nine wrestlemanias whatever god some of my favorite memories ever i will always have a place in my heart for for hulk hogan but we all know now that terry bolea you know who is you know the actual person not a great dude um and even if you're willing to put that to the side and just still see him as hulk hogan good for you but man 300 bucks i mean what you know you would have to be some adult what what kid's gonna go hey can i randomly do this so Anyway, I had a little fun with that on Twitter as well. And you can see the pictures from all that, again, on our website at tricky-kid.com. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, uh, TKR Wrestling. Uh, just the, the at symbol TKR for Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling. Okay, uh, so let's see here. Uh, then the next match was Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, I would that went on for 12 minutes. I would have... Um, fast forwarded through that one <laughs> as well. Uh, the next one is AJ Styles and that giant dude Omos uh, versus the New Day. And I was excited for this. I'm a big New Day fan, and that was really a lot of fun. They really brought the house down uh, with that. And and uh, the winner was, of course, with AJ Styles and Omos who, who won the belts. And by doing so, Here's a fun little fact for you. This actually made AJ Styles WWE's 32nd Triple Crown Champion, uh, which, you know, Intercontinental Main Champion and, I guess, Tag Team Champion, and also, I guess, their 22nd Grand Slam Champion. The distinction I'm trying to learn (laughs) as I say this to you, uh, I'm assuming that the Triple Crown means just that triple, um, you know, Tag Team Intercontinental and world champion of course now now, now they have the universal one uh so i guess i'm assuming that that's what grand slam means but i don't think that that they've had 22 universal champions since the the invention of that title so i could be wrong anyway if you know let me know i would like to know that uh he's also the only wrestler to win grand slam in both wwe and tna now known as impact wrestling so um so fun little fact there for you 
after that, of course, was the big Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon match. I always love it when Shane returns. It's always like some kind of crazy thing, like in this case, a cage match. I'll never forget the uh, the thing with him and The Undertaker here in Dallas at WrestleMania 32. And WrestleMania will be returning to Dallas next year for WrestleMania 38. So that's very, very exciting. Um, but this was a great thing, especially when Braun started to tear the cage to really give him the, you know, the 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 believability that he's this this actual monster among men and uh can't believe that he's uh now gone which makes me almost think i hate to be again i i disclaimed at the beginning about all these conspiracy theorists but i'm starting to wonder if vince mcmahon actually doesn't own AEW or isn't some part of it and somehow because why is he letting all this great talent leave unless he's somehow feeding it to them to create the idea of the illusion of competition I don't know. At this point, it's kind of hard to believe. I actually went to my first AEW show, which you were going to want to stick around because we're going to be, going to be covering that along with Jake the Snake Roberts' uh, disastrous uh, spoken word thing that happened here in Dallas. That'll be next week's show. But uh, and I just I, I believe so much in what Cody Rhodes is doing, even though I I know that the type of fan AEW fans are is the kind of fan that I'm I'm not or or I hate actually. Those super serious. This is actually wrestling. That you know, kind of deal. Um, but I, I love Cody so much, and I, and I have such a great product over there. Uh, that it's it has such an ethos that is so anti WWE that God Cody would have so much egg on his face. I don't think he would risk it. So I don't think so. But it's just it's kind of fun to, to, to talk about and think about. So anyway, uh, and next was now I always kind of like it when like I you know back as, as a kid you know why is Vanna White here and why is Pamela Anderson here it's exciting you know for me and you don't see too much of that anymore because used to they have to almost would have to depend on those those celebrities for some sort of legitimacy in, in the press and now the re- wrestling is so big and the wrestlers themselves are so big that uh that they're themselves were the celebrities so it's still kind of neat when they kind of inject that now let me tell you about the good and the bad of who they chose. Uh, so you had a guy coming up from from NXT named Damian Priest, who is this monster-looking dude, looks like this total punk rock guy. And he's teaming up with somebody that I had no idea, show you how old I am, who he was, nor that I even know that he wasn't a wrestler. Uh, there's a guy named Bad Bunny, and he's on the poster, he came out and performed, and forgive me, I don't really don't believe that this is a case of I just some some old curmudgeonly old man that's lost the plot and has no idea doesn't have its finger on the pulse of of new exciting genres of music that young people you, know, you have to be a young guy you've lost the plot here. No, the 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 performance was shit, and it, it, whatever he's doing. Uh, is just a trend that's acceptable now. There isn't any musicality to it. It's not a better idea or a broadening or even liberating idea. It's just somebody taking advantage of, the, of, of a time in music where you don't actually have to sing or have any real talent, hence Kanye West, and you can just have software and some goofy hair and you can do your thing so anyway he made it work good for him love it but typically when people are in these situations 
you know, they're not actually wrestlers, so you shouldn't expect them to be. And you've got people like, you know, like last year, or I'm trying to think last time I was in New York, or two years ago, I guess, was like Colin Jost and Michael Che from Saturday Night Live, or you've got like that Steve Amell guy from The Arrow. You know, it was kind of like, man, not bad for a non-wrestler. Dude, Bad Bunny was the shit. I mean, like, he did not embarrass himself. He looked believable, and he looked like he could he could do it. I mean, he, he was working the match. He wasn't just like, I'm here. You know who I am. Uh, I have a celebrity name, and I'm just going to kind of run away from the wrestlers when shit gets too heavy or for insurance reasons of nothing else. No, he worked the match. He worked the match as good as anyone in that match. And they were up against The Miz and John Morrison, who are a fantastic tag team. So I was super impressed. So so big ups and uh, and shout out to Big Bunny. Brother, you, you know, this should be your gig, man. I mean, if you, you know, if you can't rap or sing, whatever, uh, maybe you have a future in wrestling. But that sounds prickish. But I, I, I was very impressed by his performance of wrestling. And then next up, and finally for night one, of course, was the main event, which I was so proud to be there for and so great to witness, uh, was Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Uh, you've already have seen the match if you're listening to this. You know what happened. Um, and you know you already know all the, the little facts that I could quote you. Not, it, it's, the, it's the first time that two African-Americans uh, were headlining uh, WrestleMania. Only the second time that women have... have, have um, headline WrestleMania and then you know not only two women of uh, two people of color but also two women which just speaks so loudly uh, and I'm just so proud of that I'm so happy for both of them I'm also a massive Sasha Banks fan uh, the the wrestler in the ring um again I kind of give her shit about her, her her mic skills and Bianca is just such a star and just seems like such a such a good a good kid and, and I'm so happy to, to see her shining and this was their moment and that's enough, but you got to give it up for them that they put on perhaps the match of the year. This just will be a contender, if not the winner, for match of the year. But what I wanted to insert here was I loved later when I heard it was Michael Cole, who gets a lot of shit. And I'm not his biggest fan either, but I really want to frame that moment with his commentary because you all have seen it, if you haven't already, of, you know, they were all looking around at the audience and the reaction to it had been around. And, you know, Sasha's had some pretty big moments in front of an audience. Bianca, not so much. And they're both, especially Bianca, caught up in the in the emotion of the moment. Whatever it looked like on TV, whenever you were watching it, you could feel it in your feet, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. By being in that arena, and that's in that stadium, and that's what I mean. Nothing can beat that. Uh, it was palpable. It was special, and I'll never forget it. Thank you. 
to the year 2021 for Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble back in January. She started number three, and she won the Royal Rumble match, which means she got to pick the champion of her choosing at WrestleMania. The EST is not without her dollars. She's got swagger. She's got confidence. But Bianca can silence all the dollars tonight. And in WrestleMania, it's boss time. Sasha wanted to backstab her, but 
Bianca too strong. And Bianca round and round they go. Now Belair powering bags up. KOT! No way! Shut down! Unbelievably special, and I was so happy to be there for it. That wraps up night one. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're going to hear from our sponsors and hear some great stuff here. Again, I hope you guys are following along here with us. Again, make sure you're subscribing on Spotify and iHeartRadio and anywhere else you get your podcasts uh, for This Is Wrestling, uh, Tricky Kid Radio. And we'll be right back uh, with night two of WrestleMania 37 from Tampa, Florida. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, If you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is... Uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all around badass Barbara Haran p- puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue and dinner is included, uh, unlimited drinks are included. Um, 
you know, she treats her staff so well. They're not getting the whatever the two dollar an hour and relying on tips things. She makes she takes good care of them. N literally, none of them have had to suffer uh, throughout the pandemic. Thankfully, uh, Barb's just a great gal, a great person, uh, very creative, and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so, if you're ever in Greenville or even near, anywhere near Dallas, make a point. To visit the Texan Theater in in, uh, in Greenville, and as you know, we're working on our uh, uh, King's X film project. You know, as you know, I'm a filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So, so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville, check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord! Now, back to the action. Alright, alright, alright. Okay, so hey, let's get on uh, to night number two. And you know the old expression, uh, same shit, different day. <laughs> and I don't mean to sound that cynically or, or, or is a negative. What I mean is, is if you can believe it, here we are, night two. And once again, <laughs> there's this massive tornado tornado that comes in or whatever it was, hurricane, comes in and sweeps in. Now, this one was really threatening to like. I, you know, like this, this isn't going to happen. Like, I mean, it was really a palpable moment where I was basically convinced because the other delay was, you know, kind of long to start it. But once they started, we knew it was going to happen. And then when it delayed it again for, you know, 30 minutes or so, okay, this was a deal where it, you know, it was so intense that people were thinking like, okay, um, this is probably going to have to happen like, you know, tomorrow, which you know, couldn't happen for me because I was, in fact, leaving the next day. So, because I'd already been in town for a week. So, that was, uh, that was kind of a, another, you know, again, it's like, what does it take? What what all have, it's another appreciation that we have for the event because look what all we've been through to actually see it and be able to enjoy it. Uh, but, man, they got right down to business. Um uh, this great country singer named Ashlyn Kraft, she performed America the Beautiful and did a great, great job. Uh, and then here come your host again, Hulk Hogan and Tadis O'Neill, except this time they were in, I don't remember if it was, they were in this on night one, but night two, I definitely remember they were in pirate outfits, which Tadis O'Neill looked like, you know, he could pull that off and, and he was born to do it. But man, poor Hulk Hogan. It just looked like Vince McMahon was completely fucking with him. It's like the, the Dusty Rhodes um polka dot thing just i'm you know i'm here to humiliate you i'm here to remind you who you work for and i'm going to emasculate you he looked ridiculous and uncomfortable and then again he was booed out of the building when would you ever you know hulk hogan not booked as a heel getting booed to the heavens at wrestlemania in his hometown so uh that just kind of tells you where people are at, are at with him uh, but man, they got right down to business because my favorite wrestler, male or female, in in any company, and maybe besides AJ Lee, probably in my opinion, the best ever to do it is Alexa Bliss. I don't think there's anybody better than her. She has the perfect. She's 
perfect in the ring, the best mic skills, and do I even have to mention, dear God, how fine that girl is. Um, okay, so, uh, so, and I'm loving, I mean, just like everybody else, I, I do kind of miss the sassy, you know, uh, you know, the one that was kind of showing off more of her body. Is there's, no, there's no other way to say it. You know, and I, I definitely miss like the long blonde hair, and you know, you know, she's really being, you know, the attractive one versus the, you know, kind of, you know, trying to look like kind of an uglier, scarier version. But man, she can get anything over. She's just killing this whole thing with Bray Wyatt, and and for them to start the match. Uh, again against Randy Orton also I mean like what, what can you say about Randy and I like how when they made that short video clip and it was shown where the fiend kind of became healed and returned to his original kind of unburnt fiend attire with kind of a bit of an altered top and then here comes Alexa and with that big giant jack-in-the-box at ringside and then the fiend emerges from the box like a jack-in-the-box uh, let's go down and hear some commentary so you can see exactly what that felt like. gosh uh he was about to do that whole sister abigail thing and the pyro erupted uh from the turnbuckles right and then suddenly alexa who was now on top of the jack in the box she's like distracting the fiend but bray white and suddenly they had black liquid was oozing down her face i live for that kind of shit the bob backlands versus ken patera shit you can no disrespect but man i'm i'm here for the spectacle i'm here for that and uh, 
And then, of course, you know, uh, Bray lost, and then the lights went out, and then, you know, the fiend was forgotten. So it seemed like she had had, uh, had turned on him. So kind of, you know, but it's like, man, they set the bar so high. I'm thinking, like, how in the hell are they going to follow that? And, um, and they really didn't until they got to the main event, to be honest with you. Um, the Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler again was versus, uh, uh, Natty and, uh, and Tamina. And they, you know, they put on a, you know, an, an okay match. Uh, I didn't quite hear the murderer chance on night two, thankfully. Uh, Kevin, how many times have we seen Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn? And another thing, how like how old I am is I had no idea who Logan Paul was. Now that is because I'm old. That that I will, my my opinions on Bad Bunny I think are sound. Not knowing who Logan Paul or giving a shit that's that's on me. I'm just an old guy. And I'll and I, when I was at the um, the hotel, uh, I was in the hot uh, by the pool area, and some people recognized you know my wrestle my what I was wearing WrestleMania. And I, I asked them who Logan Paul was, and because I actually had met him very briefly, and they were like, "Oh my God, you met Logan Paul!" And I, I was, and I didn't, I had no idea. Anyway, so uh, the next was Sheamus versus Riddle. I do like Matt Riddle. They should keep his name as Matt Riddle. I know how Vince likes these one-word things. I like his whole gimmick. I like his entrance uh, with the flip-flops and the whole stoner vibe thing. I, you know, cool. This match, this match, I did not give a shit about, and it lasted for like forever, like eleven minutes. Now, I think Apollo Cruz seems like a super nice guy, and I think he's talented. He's got a great look. He just, he's just somebody that's just going to be almost impossible to ever really get over. In that Cesaro sort of way, he's, he's got, he's got, it's all there. He just seems like such a nice guy. So this whole like changing the way that he talks, I think, is smart him trying to get over or be a convincing heel and also what the hell is a nigerian drum fight that i had to find out and he was facing my man Big E. um and so come to find out it's also more spectacle that they have all these nigerian drums you can use and i i, I love i live for shit like that so that was a highlight for me um i think rhea ripley next up was rhea ripley versus oscar uh but i should say this though uh uh before that Big E match with Apollo Crews, you saw this really cool uh, advertisement with Triple H uh, and Bad Bunny. And then you kind of get it like, oh, okay, this whole thing was, hey, Bad Bunny, come be part of our event. And you get to announce your tour from this platform. And it's like, he's like thanking Bad Bunny and is like, now it's time for you to go do your thing. So. Uh, but, but a cool a cool advert, just the same. Um, I again, I love. I think Rhea Ripley's a total star. I don't know why she has to. I don't know if they're making her do it, or something she's choosing to. But she does not need all that. I mean, she looks like Halloween. You don't. It's just too much makeup. It, it's such a conceptualized look. And I'm not saying so she can be more attractive, which she is very attractive. I'm just saying like. It's such a distraction in a sense. I mean, there's 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 adding to the character and then there's taking away from the character. In my opinion, that whole butch goth thing is just I don't know. Maybe maybe that's her preferred personal style, but I, I think it's uh 
I think it's a, a misstep in a sense. Um, and I like Asuka. I was very looking forward to, to, to the match, and, and it totally delivered. Um, it was also a great thing. I thought. I think that night two, in terms of how they were talking about inflating the attendance, there was a noticeably, everybody really wanted to see that Sasha Bell and, and Bianca match. Um, but I think also a lot of people really wanted to see the main event here, which was, of course, the, the Reigns, uh, Edge, and Daniel Bryan thing. But, man, there was considerably less people uh, on night two and so much so and I would never ever say that I have benefited uh, from this horrible pandemic that we're all still trying to, to, to get past and survive but in this case I had a press pass I was in my little pod area and but you couldn't go down to the field without a field pass to which I did not have. I had a press pass, but not a field pass. But my, and they were checking, you know, very strenuously. And maybe because I don't know, because it was the, the the last match of the last night and they didn't give a shit or whatever, because it was, or they just needed people down there. But I, I walked down there. Nobody stopped me. I walked literally to ringside. When would that ever happen? You couldn't do that at a house show with WWE. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, here I am at WrestleMania and there's nobody around me. I will say on night two, there was this kid behind me, you know, a couple rows up behind me with his dad, who I think, I think, I think the kid was special needs. And he was doing this super annoying thing where he was like calling the match, like every match, every move. And he was having a good time and I didn't want to shit on it. But all I can think about is, man, we're not fucking doing this all night. And after the the entire first match, where he literally called everybody, and then so and so with a his, uh, with a hip toss, and then against the ropes he goes. I mean, he he was doing that the whole time, loudly and something you couldn't ignore. So I leaned over and I go, "Hey man," I go, I try to be positive. Like, yeah, you ought to be an announcer. And I was like, uh, you know, and and I kind of I kind of let him know too, like, hey, you know. Are, you know, are you going to, you know, are you going to call every match like this? Like, you know, to kind of let him know, like, man, you know, why don't you save your energy for the main event? And, but he's the one who actually gave me the confidence because like, he's a massive Edge fan, apparently. And him and his dad, and they're not even pressed. They just walk. And I was like, well, shit, if this kid and his dad can go down there, then so can I. So I did. I didn't see them, but I did see the match, the main event. And the only match I've ever seen from ringside was the main event at WrestleMania night two. Uh, the buildup to it right before that, um, there was one final, uh, like, thank you. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil came out to thank everybody. Um, and as you know, they have that, um, you know, the hall, I live for the Hall of Fame and I've, I'm grateful I've been to, to so many Hall of Fame ceremonies and I really like when they acknowledge them at WrestleMania they can take that bow I really hate the idea of the main event of it like all like even at your Hall of Fame thing there's somebody else that has been chosen to upstage you you know what I'm talking about like you'll have um I don't know like you know Tori Wilson or whoever and then you know the three people on this side three people on that side and then the one person it's not out there suddenly they cue his music or him or her music and then they come out so you're even being upstaged at your own 
you know, and for, for these people, it's going to be the last time they're going to be in front of a crowd that size. So uh, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not down with that at all. And, and I, I do want to say who was inducted. Hang on one second. And because since they, they didn't, they couldn't have it in with people, and which sucks. I mean, you work your whole life. This is your moment. And some of my favorite moments ever have been at these WWE Hall of Fame events. And just it's so real. It's out of character. And, you know, it's just it's just it's as real as it gets. And especially real when I, I was in Brooklyn when 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 Bret Hart got got uh, tackled and how insane that was. Um, but since it's two nights, you know, on night one they had people from 2020, and then on night two they had this year from 2021. In 2020, uh, so on night one it was John Bradshaw Layfield, uh, the British Bulldog, of course, rest in peace, uh, uh, Yushin Thunder Liger who I believe he had a speech from uh, from Tokyo he, or, or Japan, whatever. He wasn't actually there. Uh, and then uh, it was, and then of course you had the Bella Twins, and then it was headlined uh, by the New World Order. Uh, William Shatner was a celebrity one. He, of course, did a pre-tape little deal. He wasn't there. And then the Warrior Award went to the host, Titus O'Neil. Who of course was there. Uh, the legacy went to Ray Stevens, Brickhouse Brown, Dr. Death Steve Williams, uh, Gary Hart, and uh, Baron Michelle Leone. But here you have all of this, and they're out on the stage, and then here comes and it made sense because they're in Tampa, Hulk Hogan's already there. And uh, so how neat is how funny was it that suddenly like one of the hosts gets the Warrior Award, and the other host is the main event. But I don't. I just think it's wrong. You shouldn't be up. Imagine standing out there, and you're, you know, they had the British Bulldogs family, and then you had John Bradshaw Layfield, and then suddenly, you know, you're standing out there. You work your whole life, and now you're being upstaged by somebody else. I think it's bullshit. Uh, night two um, was Molly Holly who was there, and I was really cheering for her. Eric Bischoff, and. Maybe my favorite male competitor easily of the last 20 years, 25 years, is Kane. My favorite being of all time being Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, you had the great Kali who was not there. He did a little phone-in thing, uh, video. And you had Rob Van Dam. You had Ozzy Osbourne who also did a pre-tape thing like William Shatner. Uh, the Warrior Award went to uh, Rich Herring. Uh, he's the Senior Vice President of Government Relations uh, and Risk Management. Uh, with NWWE to kind of recognize one of their own there, and um, and so I'm trying to think here, and it was Kane who who was the main event, and even though he's like my favorite wrestler, I you know they you know everybody but he took their bow, and then the fire comes, and and is even as cool as that was, I still just don't like the idea of there being like a main a main event at the WrestleMania thing. Uh, let's see, your legacy went to Dick the Bruiser, my man, I love Pistol Pez Watley, Buzz Sawyer, uh, Ethel uh, Johnson, and of course, Paul Bosch uh, from, from Houston Wrestling. So anyway, okay, so now we get down to the main event. Uh, and of course, what the main event is going to be, and I am now ringside, and here's something you're not going to get. So 
other people were taking advantage of the seating, you know, light lightness of the security. And apparently some of them actually worked there. I'll never, ever forget this. There was a guy there who looked like Riff Raff. Look up who Riff Raff is. I forget the movie. I think it's called Spring Breakers, where James Franco was actually kind of like modeling his look. This is this, like that white guy, but with cornrow braids. His entire mouth is that metal grill thing that just looks, it's just hard to look at. And he's, and he's, and he's dressed like a pimp. He's got this like girl with him that. Uh, this is going to sound so sexist, but the only word to say it is she looked like a $2 whore. And I got no problem with sex workers or, at all. Uh, and support them greatly uh, in all their endeavors of what they do, do you. I, I would never judge you. But, you know, she just looked like uh, the kind of girl that would be a good with a guy like him. And uh, and then I and I think, and then and I guess like her friend, and there was a guy on the end. And this guy was 100 pounds soaking wet, but was talking all this shit like he was. And he, he's kind of got that, that affected accent. Like, he doesn't really talk like this. Like, this is what you talk like, you know, Shane, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you do it. And just, and, and maybe a guy who, he might have almost convinced me legitimately that this is the kind of guy you actually might not fuck with. Like, this is the kind of guy who is just kind of crazy enough and... And, you know, has come, got nothing to lose kind of style that might have carry a switchblade or something that would, you know, uh, what, what's the word? I don't know to get jail lingo. Uh, not gank, jack, not jack, shank. That's what it is, shank you uh, or something. And here's what I'm getting at. So very selfishly, even though we're only like three or four rows from the, from, from the ring and all the lights are on down there, by the way, it's not dark at all. The four of them all decide to stand on their chairs. I don't want to bring any attention to myself because, you know, I don't want them to see I'm not wearing, you know, the appropriate wristband or the appropriate credentials. And anyway, and I guess the guy directly behind me leans over and taps on skinny big mouth guy and asked him to, hey, man, get down. And he turned around. He's like, what, man? What? And when he's leaning over to say what, he's now having to be right by my head to communicate with this guy. And the guy's like saying, hey, man, get down. And he's like, don't tell me to get down, man. I mean, like, like, like this guy's not going to back down from him. He's almost like he's excited for the confrontation, a, a chance to prove to this girl or, or whatever. And the guy's not really getting it, the guy who's telling him. And I'll never forget this then. Then skinny, loudmouth guy says, hey, man, I've been to prison, man. I've been to prison. You know, I work here, man. And when people start, it's kind of like, like that thing you're probably seeing on the internet right now about the guy that got thrown off the plane or taped duck to his seat because, and right before he started talking, he was like, my parents were $2 million. Like, first of all, that's a very low figure, sir. And number two, uh, what the fuck does that have to do? That, that, that now entitles you to act like a, like this on a plane. So he's been to prison and he works here. So fuck you, apparently, was the message. And he was in such proximity to me. And I got to be honest, I did not give two shits about this main event. I don't really give a fuck about Edge, never have, uh, or the Roman Reigns, or this storyline. And for that matter, 
Daniel Bryan either. I mean, I was only just enjoying the fact that I was down there, and I'm so unworthy, and I'm so sorry to people out there that would be our listeners going, holy fuck you, ungrateful shithead. Like, I would live to have been down there. And there's pics of me on trickykid.com. You can see it, Twitter, check it out. Anyway, but all I could think about was I could punch this guy right in the fucking mouth and knock his skinny little loudmouth bullshit ass off of his fucking chair. And it would have been so rewarding. It would have been so gratifying. And even if it meant I didn't get, you know, but I, you know, get to see the main event. But I was there in an employed capacity. I wasn't going to compromise that. I really didn't want that to be the last thing that I did at WrestleMania. You know, but man, I sure thought about it a lot. And I've thought about it since then. Uh, kind of one of those where you kind of rework the moment in your head. So uh, that's kind of a bit of a downer. Um, but uh, anyway, but it, it ended up actually being a, a, a pretty cool match. Again, it was Roman Reigns uh, with Jey Uso and Paul Heyman uh, versus Edge and Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match for the WWE Universal Championship. And it went on forever. People love those. Something about like all a match has to have is like 30 false uh, falls. And it's and then it gets to this is awesome chant. That's not really my cup of tea, man. Um, and it went on for about 23 minutes of this which uh, is, a, is a long time. But all in all, I can say this, man. I was so happy to be there. I had a great time. Uh, again, thank you to WWE for having us. Um, I really I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, the way it was put on was, was well done for both nights. And, you know, the best you can do under those circumstances. So, anyway, uh, let me know what you thought about WrestleMania. We're going to take one more quick break, uh, and, we'll, and then we'll be right back with some final thoughts and some fun facts about the event. Um, but, again, make sure you're following us and following along with the conversation. And uh, tweet at me at TrickyKid, the number two, uh, and or actually do TKR Wrestling. That's what you should do. TKR Wrestling. And let me know what your favorite match was or what you thought of this show or what you thought of the event. Were you there? All those neat things. What was your experience? I want, I want to hear it all. So anyway, we'll be right back. Uh, and we'll wrap up this uh, this debut episode of This Is Wrestling from WrestleMania 37 from Tampa, Florida. Tricky Kid Radio is distributed by iHeartRadio and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to Tricky Kid TV on YouTube.com for a stunning visual look at all the fun we have here, plus exclusive content, short films, and more. Follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle, at TrickyKid2. Type Tricky Kid Radio Podcast on Facebook and DJ Tricky Kid on Instagram. Speaking of which, subscribe now to Roy Turner's alter ego DJ Tricky Kid's amazing Twitch channel at twitch.tv for retro gaming, exclusive DJ sets, as well as DJ instruction and live streaming of Tricky Kid Radio, where you, the audience, can participate and interact with our guests. Don't miss a single stream, so you can be up to date on the latest on all things Tricky Kid. Subscribe now at twitch.tv slash Kid. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. 
Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey, everybody. This is actor musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Okay, thanks Thanks again for, for joining me uh, for WrestleMania, for both nights of WrestleMania 37. I hope you've enjoyed the program. I hope I put you inside Raymond James Stadium and gave you some fun little things here that, that you're not going to find on any dirt sheets or, or on the internet or any sort of rehash, recap thing. This is... Um, Okay, so let's see here. Let's let let's talk about some interesting little. I, I do like the little factoids here. Um, this was actually the first WrestleMania since two thousand and three, almost twenty years, to not feature John Cena in any, in any capacity. Forgive me, in any capacity. Sorry, there. I hit the microphone. I was so I was so excited to have a John Cena less WrestleMania now. Um, and also the first since 2012, which is uh, almost 10 years, to not feature Brock Lesnar, which is great because I can't stand Brock Lesnar. Uh, is also the first WrestleMania since 1988. Talk about the end of an era to not feature at least one of the following as an in-ring competitor: Shawn Michaels, and of course the Undertaker. You know the whole the whole you know, point of WrestleMania, the streak, and I was in New Orleans when it got broke, and it sucked, and Triple H. Now, Triple H was there at the beginning to welcome everybody back on night one as well. He also welcomed people, but, uh, so that was kind of, kind of crazy, um, and again, as I mentioned before, it's the first time in over 10 years that, that Vince McMahon had an, an, an on-screen, uh, appearance there. And, you know, I already talked about, you know, some of the celebrity involvements like, you know, Bad Bunny and, and Logan Paul and all that. Uh, I always love the thing at WrestleMania when they get the actual band that does the intro, the, the theme songs to perform it. Uh, I'm a big Living Color fan. I was at uh, WrestleMania, God, which one was that? I guess was that 29, I guess, when uh, they played CM Punk, who I'm not a big fan of. Um, to the ring, uh, and then even again back in WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, when the guy from the Jesus Mary and the Mary Chain that does that great uh, Bray Wyatt entrance uh, was there. In this one, it was uh, Ash Costello from the band New Year's Day, who of course did the Ripley's "This Is My Brutality" thing, and then uh, Whale did uh, Wally, or however you want to say it, did the same for Big E the the feel the power song and all that so that, that was pretty cool and again i already mentioned of course baby rexa and uh ashlyn craft uh man baby rexa looked good on night one um and let's see here also as i mentioned the numbers were inflated who gives a shit do i do does it do anything different for you to know that there was actually like maybe like like 16 17 000 people there instead of 25 it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make a shit uh, it's so much so that uh, about four years ago, Vince McMahon actually uh, admitted uh, in a conference call that the company inflates these numbers uh, and includes the venue's personnel as well. You know, they, whatever, just because, you know, it just, there's a reason to do that. You know, uh, there there is a, a, a an incentive, not just to cover your ass, there's a, an incentive, you know, to do that. 
Uh, but despite the inflated numbers, man, the event grossed uh, over $6 million in revenue uh, for uh, WWE. And gosh, who knows how much for the, for the, uh, for the local uh, uh, community. And then, and as I mentioned earlier, and I hate to, to, to end this on a, on, a, on a sad note, but there, you know, WrestleMania is typically the, the final day of the calendar year uh, in, in the world of professional wrestling. And uh, so it's not a, it's not unusual again for the day after WrestleMania or the what they call the post WrestleMania releases. They, they they're going to give you that last moment, even if you're even on the card or not. But then that's when they you know it's basically it's January, it's the beginning of the year, uh, the day after WrestleMania or the week after. So uh, some of the event marked the last WWE appearances again for Billy Kay, who was in the tag team turmoil match. Her, of course, and Peyton Royce, uh, but also Mickey James, which I'm sure you probably have already heard about that whole thing with the, you know them sending her stuff in a garbage bag. Which apparently she's not the only one; she's just the only one that spoke up about it. Even Renee Young said she got her shit in a garbage bag. I go, what? What is that about? And I'm glad that shithead Mark Carano was finally, you know, made to help be held responsible, you know, for his years of bullshit. Uh, Chelsea Green, who I love, and she never got a fair shake. I think she broke her arm in, you know, in her first match. Um, Tucker, Kalisto, Mojo Raleigh, Bo Dallas, of course, the brother of uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Wesley Blake, um, all gone. Um, uh, NXT wrestlers, uh, Jessamine Duke and Vanessa Bourne, who I both really, really like. Um, and then, of course, Velveteen Dream was released, but for very, very different reasons. And uh, and then, golly, it just seemed to, it seemed just to, to keep to keep happening. Uh, of course, gosh, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Ruby Wright, like I mentioned, and and Santana Garrett, and even Samoa Joe, who was on commentary during WrestleMania 37, uh, was soon gone. Yeah, but you know they they had the presence of mind to of course to you know to, you know to bring to bring him back, uh, which you know that was a a smart move there. Uh, but yeah, tons and tons of releases um, that happened, and that was it's unfortunate that it has to happen. But uh, uh, anyway, I, again, I hope you've enjoyed uh, WrestleMania 37 with me. Uh, got a lot coming up. Uh, we're gonna be uh, discussing. Um, uh, you know the next pay per view uh, will will be Money in the Bank, which is actually going to be here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. We'll be in the house for that. It's going to be a, a, a big week of wrestling. the The return of live fans for SmackDown in Houston will be there for that. We'll again we'll be at Money in the Bank on that Sunday in Fort Worth, and then Raw the next night in Dallas. And then AEW is going to have their Fighter Fest that week, and then Jake Roberts. Um, his um, spoken word is in the, I mean, lots and lots of fun stuff coming up. So we hope you'll stick around and uh, make sure you're subscribing uh, under This Is Wrestling. And, and then also check out our main show, Tricky Kid Radio. Got a little bit of something for everybody there. Again, I'm your host, Roy Turner, and this is wrestling. And we'll see you next week. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner. 
edited and mastered by Marcus Miller. Theme music by The Buck Pets. Original score by Jocelyn Hunt. Artwork by Antora Sandy. Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.